Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, it is a whole lot of things. We're going to be talking about DC movies pre-Nolan. We're going to be talking about uh, a really crappy movie that Hyde uh, uh, and I saw. And yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> make sure you stay tuned for the end of the show, because we are going to have an interview with Joe Harris and Megan Hutchison, the uh, creative team uh, behind Image's new comic, Rockstars. And actually, the trade comes out today. So if you're downloading it the day it came out, come to Bedrock and get the trade. $10, the whole deal. It's a really cool um, rock and roll, murder mystery, mysticism, uh, that type of thing. It's really neat. So make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode for that. But let's go ahead and get this thing going. What's going on, guys? This is Ron. And the side. And I'm Michael. So the mummy came out, Hyde. <laughs> Um, uh, I know Ron. All right, Ron really wanted to so, see the mummy. So real quick, last episode, oh, I, yeah, was, oh, right. I said I was going to go see it, and but but then what happened, Ron? <laughs> what happened? How was the, the right, mummy? How there. was the mummy, Ron? The right color wristband. Tad too late. You didn't have the right color wristband. Tad too late. Uh, yeah. So we waited. You said in like line. a couple people ahead of you were were the cutoff. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we stayed in line for about an hour and a half. And, oh, uh, dude, that sucks. Yeah, and then uh, they gave us a mummy T-shirt, which I wore that Wednesday. If you saw me, I didn't see you. That the uh, that the podcast I came out. So oh, you wore the okay. Yeah, well, they it, gave it to us that Tuesday as night, a consolation so, prize. Yeah. Like, sorry, you didn't get to see the movie. Here's a shirt. Yeah, here's a shirt. So um, yeah, I didn't get to see the movie. I will see it at some point. Right so there, you go. <laughs> so that we'll we'll, uh, we'll try to be as spoiler light on this. Since yeah, Ron hasn't seen it I yet. don't care. Whatever. Go I ahead. mean, <laughs> spoiler free. Spo- spoilers, no, spoiler, spoiler free. Not spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. Um, Mummy was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy was bad, dude. And it's got. Last time I looked, it was a 17 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm hearing a lot of mixed reviews on this. For, but, I've I've talked to five people about this movie. I got two. Eh, it was all right. Bad. Bad. And then two. It was great. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> well, it's not unwatchable. Right. Right. I will say that there, there's been very few movies that I've just walked out on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you walked out of the mummy? I no, I did not. I, I've only walked out of two movies in my life, but um, yeah, I've walked out about two movies, but not because of quality. Actually, no, only one because of quality. One, I walked out of Dude Where's My Car because I was sick. I mean, that should have yeah, been, been. I could have done quality. it because of quality, but I normally don't. And the other one was um, analyze that. The oh. sequel to Analyze This, um, which was, Analyze This was really good. That was Billy Crystal and Robert De Niro. Yep. The second one was just really bad. I went to go see it with my mom, and 30 minutes in, and we're like, this is, I'm thinking bail. What do you think? Mom's like, yeah, let's go. All right. Got Surrogates. Back. Surrogates. I don't think I ever saw it. That was the Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, Willis uh, high robot kind of thing. Right, right, right. Thing. Okay. And Cowboys versus Aliens. Oh, mm. poor you. <laughs> I saw it at home. Uh, I never saw it. Yeah, you're not missing. Yeah, that was the Daniel Craig one, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so real See, quick, I watch movies <laughs> sometimes. Um, real quick before the before the thing started, um, did you get any interesting trailers before this? Because I got I had never seen a trailer for Logan Lucky. That was uh, something. I got American Made. American Made looked pretty cool, yeah, actually. Like, and I'm not I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy, but that movie actually looked pretty cool. Neither am I, but you know, it's always it's a, it's interesting now, especially with like you look at the likes of Matthew McConaughey and stuff like that. These actors are getting probably a lot more roles that you're like, really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm actually really excited for American Made. That one is about a CIA operative that it 
It's essentially Archer, and he sets up Pablo Escobar in the gun trade. Oh, word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks really good. No, um, I, I heard it looks really good. I, mean, I haven't seen the trailer yet, though. Did you see? Did you get one for Logan Lucky? I that that was a weird movie. That's like a, it's like a heist movie with Daniel Craig playing a southerner. I I didn't get a trailer, but I really want to see that just for Daniel Craig. It for is a, a it is something to hear him. He does an accent like this. <laughs> He's like, y'all want to rob a bank, but I'm in prison. I'll, <laughs> I'll like, show that's you the James Bond. All right, we'll watch the trailer. Yeah, it's bit. it's something. Um, no other trailers to to really talk about for no. there. Um, other than we can talk about uh, the Black Panther trailer, which got released during the NBA Finals. It did. Um, which and was the only thing good out of that NBA Finals. Brutal. Yeah, they uh, Nobody likes LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that, that Black Panther trailer was super It dope. looked super cool, man. I, yeah. I'm curious to see how they built that world. Yeah. No, it... The it, whole island. Yeah. yeah. No, it looks it looks really great. I mean, it's... It, they they showed a lot, but like it was real quick. So right for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure like, there's some cool uh, yeah. analysis videos that you can watch. Oh, yeah, that will tell sure. you like, oh yeah. well, this guy. Yeah, you know, with the whole this guy's KG beast. I'm yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm Who? reserving my stuff on this one right now still because the first trailer. I'm trying not to get that first trailer hype anymore. Yeah, no, right. I got you. Um, out of this one for Black Panther, there was kind of some parts of CGI that kind of bugged me there, a Towards the bit. end, yeah, the CG was yeah. low, low Um But also on top of that, I know there's one thing I want from the Black Panther movie, and that's I want Andy Serkis in a classic, or at least somewhat close to classic claw costume. Oh, uh-huh. you know that ain't happen. Well, well if, it might. They, if they you gave, know what? It might. They gave Batroc as close to possible it might. a real costume. It might. No, they didn't. He was wearing... He was wearing purple and yellow. Was it? He, the only thing he didn't have was the hood. It was a more militarized purple and yellow. I don't remember the yellow. Yeah, or the purple. well, you, it, it's, it was. A, it was. They were fighting at night on top yeah. of a ship. I don't remember the. But yeah, he okay. has. He has a, a somewhat comic actor okay. costume for what as they can do. As as much as it could be. I, they they just give me the hand thing. They That's might. They actually <laughs> might. Um, uh, it, it'd be in this movie. Because I know Manape's not going to have an actual costume. True. Um, yeah. I am interested to see the world as an overall, but I'm like I said, I'm trying to hold. Reserve the hype. No, until, I got you. Yeah. It looked it looks super cool. And what when shows. is that? February. February Next like year. something eight or something. Yeah. The trailer says coming soon, but I think the date is no. In it's, February. Yeah, it's, it's in, in the like February. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to didn't look that great either. I didn't no, like the poster. I felt like his like head looked photoshopped onto the yeah, body. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I saw that one. That one's <laughs> the poster design is fine, but like it doesn't look like he's actually there. Right. Um. It's like that Spider Man. Yeah. You know, it's like he's not there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so let's get on to the mummy here. Um, it was, I, it was a mess. It was, yeah, it was, it was Tom Cruise and, um, what's his name? Russell Crowe. No, no, no. The, oh. his, who's his buddy? Uh, Charlie. It's not Charlie Day. No, it's, it's not Charlie a, Day. It's, it's the, the other guy, guy from. New Girl. Jake Johnson. Jake. Oh, sure. That sounds right. It's the guy who, it's one of the guys who was in New Girl, that Zoe, uh, Deschanel show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's not Charlie Day, yeah, but it's um close enough. Yeah, they uh, you know, it's, it starts off like a buddy cop movie, and then they uh, oh word, the their their plane crashes. No, 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 they're they're trying to steal some stuff, and then the yeah, they're, they're, they're like grave robbers. They're, yeah, they're they're, they're tomb raiders. Yeah, tomb raiders. They're, they're tomb raiders that work for the military that are supposed to be doing recons of certain things, and and they they, ac- they almost get killed. They accidentally blow a hole in the ground when they order an airstrike to save them, and then that reveals this tomb. And first of all, the movie starts with like a, a narration explaining everything to you, which oh, really? is always just like a bad sign. Is like which the worst part about it was is it goes back 
and it tells you again. It tells you again. Right. So there's a there's a Russell. It's Russell Crowe narrating. Russell Crowe narrating. Princess Almanet was the. And it's it's literally like five to six minutes of exposition telling you about what happens with Princess Almanet. Like, okay, cool. Which I mean, I they don't have, show any of it. They well, do. Uh, well, they okay. show you. So, okay, I got you. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't have mind the beginning if they didn't reshow it to you again, right? And again, yeah. And again. I mean, oh, really? they, they, if you, that first five minutes wasn't there, you'd still know everything that was going on yeah. because they, you can figure it out. They, yeah. Because they show you. Okay, I got so you. So it was a lazy storytelling and b completely unnecessary. Uh, and so they dealt, they dive down. They find uh, the you know the the tomb. The tomb. They they get the you know, things happen. They get the the stupid coffin out. It's a very extreme-looking coffin. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's but, on the front of my shirt. I saw it. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, Ron. Uh, and then, you know, stuff happens. Uh, so I told I told Ron... It's bad. It's an Archer joke. But for those of you that watch Archer and plan on going to see The Mummy, remember, it just goes off for no reason. And I'm okay. talking about the scene on the plane. Oh, with... Uh, with Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... That thing just... It came out of nowhere. Well, not only did it come out of nowhere, but it like... Like an RKO. He, exactly. <laughs> but he it, he's holding it up here, and it still goes off. I know. I <laughs> I, I didn't understand that. It was just so weird. The, it's the way Tom Cruise is shooting a gun. It okay. just doesn't make any sense. Okay. It was like a comedy. Yes. And so that, it, was that's, like, it was like an Archie episode. Well, they had a lot of comedy beats in the movie, which was interesting. But the thing is, is my problem is... It would get like a really kind of good horror vibe to it, or it, it really vibe. could have. But then Tom Cruise would do a stupid joke, like yeah, they, I got they you. would pull a, like an Abbott Costello joke, mm-hmm. like when he there's a scene he's down, he's getting pinned by other mummies on an altar, and he's about to get sacrificed or whatever. Not really a big spoiler. Uh, whatever, Spo- it's spoilers throughout. The um, on the yeah, and the girl walks in, and everyone stops, and the mummies do like a little quick take turn. I'm like. Mm-hmm. My favorite part when he's fighting the when he's uh, wrestling the mummies is when like wrestling uh, he's wrestling the mummies he's a uh, you underwater uh, no they're in England uh, and there's uh, all these uh, British knights and they've got like the chainmail armor and stuff okay Tom Cruise hits one in the head with a rock mm-hmm. it's wearing chainmail armor okay and it kills the mummy like he's got armor on but a rock is fine this is like okay what are we watching here. <laughs> Um, but another another completely unbelievable moment is um, Russell Crowe um, is in this movie, and I thought it was actually kind of not great, but I, I thought his character reveal was kind of sweet. Uh, I'll, I'll save that for Ronda now. I mean... I think everyone knows at this point. They've shown do, in the trailers. Yeah. I don't think they showed it in the trailer, because I was surprised. Or at least TV spots, okay. so I don't know. Okay, well then... Uh, he revealed when he introduced himself, he's oh, my name is Dr. Jekyll. Right. No, I got you. Oh, so, so you knew that? Yeah, I knew See, that. I had no idea. Yeah. Like, oh, look at that. It's good. Well, I knew that because I said it yesterday, too. But oh, okay. I knew that beforehand. Yeah. Okay. But um, so they're, they're, he's uh, he turns into Mr. Hyatt at some point, obviously. Obviously. Well, like, like that's not going to happen. Yeah. It, I mean, you know something's up with him because when you meet him, he's got a glove on. on just, yeah. uh, just on one hand. And it's like, well, you're not Michael Jackson, so I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> and then, like, at, he's he's talking to Tom Cruise, and he pulls the glove down to reveal, like, a, this, like, Deformity. stone skin type, type For stuff. Sure. And he uh, injects himself with the stuff, and he calms down. Then obviously later he turns into Mr. Hyde, and uh, he's having a monologue against Tom Cruise about how he's going to beat him in a fight. He goes, "Do not underestimate me because you're a younger man than I." And I, we mentioned this before the show. I'm like, in the theater, I was like, "There's no way that's accurate." Like, there's they're at least the same age or within a year of each other. Russell Crowe is a year younger than Tom Cruise. This is oh, nonsense. Oh, like, I don't right. know how old Tom Cruise is supposed to be in that movie. 
But like, I assume we're supposed to think he's is like. Is he really a year younger? Yeah, Russell Crowe's <laughs> fifty-three to fifty-four. Tom Cruise looks good. Yes, Tom Cruise does look good. But I mean, that's what Scientology does to you. Yes, well, Scientology gets you, man. <laughs> Time to convert, Ron. Well, um, but uh, God, so you really don't care about spoilers then? No. All right. So the end of the movie is even dumber. I feel like. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of like it was already on a downward slope. Okay. First of all, my theater experience was terrible because like I w- I'm in Rosenberg. The, the movie's like a minute and a half from my house, so it was great. Ten in the morning, no one else is there. It's reserve seating. So um, I sit down in my seat. Then a family comes in, and they bought the seats next to me. I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? And I'm already sitting down. I don't want to get up and move, because then they're going to be like, well, why'd you move? Because they don't want to sit next to you. I was I don't like you. I was going to try to play Hearthstone at the same time while I was watching this movie, but well, not, that's out. Um, but... Yeah. So anyway, the end of the movie, um, Tom Cruise is fight. He's a uh, he's wrestling with Aminette. Uh They're fighting. Uh, he he. Uh, I forget how it happens. It doesn't matter. Whatever. She she like she like barfs on him. Okay. And uh, she throws up this mercury on him. Yeah, yeah. They've got mercury in him. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's later. That, the mercury's before all that. Mercury's she before. doesn't. She doesn't barf on him. She. The is kiss. Trying to, she's trying to it, seduce him. To yeah, not that's what it is. To not break, to not to break the dagger, not to break the dagger. Um, the day is Machina. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he ends up stabbing himself, becoming the ultimate form of evil. Blah. Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. So he oh, he oh. he stabs himself with the with the mummy dagger, and the mummy dagger turns him into like King Mummy. Uh, and oh, so word. That, yeah, yeah. And then he and then he he kills her, uh, but he does it to like bring back his dead friend. Like the the, the lady oh, the, the lady dies. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. The lady dies, and he's like, "No, but I can save you." He has all these like stupid flashbacks where he's remembering people telling things to him. I'm yeah. like, "This is really unnecessary." So he's not going to be Van Helsing. No, no, okay. he's going to be the mummy. You know, so so the the mummy dies because that was a thing. That was a thing people were talking about before the movie came. Yeah. Out. Well, because one, you knew you knew nothing bad was going to happen to Tom Cruise because he's too big of a name, right? But the problem is, you had Tom Cruise starting this off. And not a good way. They, if they were going to make Tom Cruise the mummy, they should have started it with Tom Cruise being the mummy. Yeah. So, so the end of the movie is, you know, he kills the he kills the lady, kills the mummy lady, mm-hmm. becomes king mummy, uh, and then his lady wakes up and is like, oh, what what happened, Nick? Oh, and he's like in the shadows, face. He does this whole like hunchback. Yeah, he's like, like don't I, look at me. I'm the oh, beast. Really? I don't know what I am anymore. And then they, you know, cut to her. Does his appearance change? N- no, you don't, you don't know. You don't know. Okay. Because then they, they, they uh, then uh, Russell Crowe and the lady who have been run- they run like this underground organization to ca- stop evil apparently to kill monsters. Kill monsters. I got yes. you. That makes like sense. they show the creature from the Black Lagoon's hand. Uh, I saw. Thing. I, I heard yeah. about. Well, how uh, yeah. yeah. uh, And then a vampire skull, things like that. Right. Um, but anyway, then they say, well, he's out there. And he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight the beast that's that's got a hold of him. But he's he can't stop the evil. And it cuts to uh, zombie Joe Johnson. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. He's not a zombie anymore. What? what uh, yeah, yeah. He's not a zombie anymore. Yeah. He's a zombie throughout most of the movie. <laughs> okay. Because uh, he dies in the beginning. He's also right. like a figment of his imagination, kind of thing. Yeah, I, yeah. He's like a zombie. He's like a zombie <laughs> imaginary friend. This movie sounds awesome. And then uh, I don't know how he's not a zombie. Maybe he's just like well because he Tom Cruise him, healed him. Tom Cruise brought him back from the dead because he can control the dead. Word, right? Whatever. And so, <laughs> and so cut to Tom Cruise. They're riding on horses, 
Ooh. And Tom Cruise is he's he's all wrapped up in like cloaks and stuff. Of but course. All you can see are his eyes. So he he might be like all messed up, but we don't well, know. Well, and the worst part about it too is like <sighs> to signify that he is the new mummy. Mm-hmm. Instead of like they don't give him the mummy bandages, but when you see him, he scoops up a thing of sand in Egypt and he's got mummy wrap on a glove. Yeah. And you're like, hi, he's, it, the he's the mummy. <laughs> But so, so what that means is that he'll come back. And um, what was it? The, what was that closing line? Sometimes you need a monster to fight another monster. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh so, so good. So they're going to bring Tom Cruise back as the mummy Obviously. to fight The Rock as Frankenstein or something. Yeah, and all, be all of them. Uh, Javier Bardem. Oh, is, oh, is it Javier uh, Bardem? Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Johnny Depp's the Invisible Man. So 3-5. Uh, it's my... Uh, you guys want to go 3-5. I'm going to go 4-0. It's not completely unwatchable. It's a turn your brain off, like severely off. It's it's I can play Hearthstone at the same time and not miss anything type of movie. Cool. Sweet. Um, it, there's a lot of incomprehensible action. I'll see it in two months. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, look, I, one of the biggest... I'm, Positive note, the one thing I will say is I'm more interested in Russell Crowe and the archaeologist's role yeah, that's in Prodigium. What, well, yeah, it's like it's like the uh, what, Monarch, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like their version of oh, Godzilla gotcha. King Kong, yeah, like yeah. Monarch. I'd like to see that. That's more interesting that's, than... Yeah, like if it, if it was just them and like... I'm assuming the main head security guy you see is at later points going to become Van Helsing because he seems too entrenched in all of this to, right. to not. He knows Jekyll and Hyde when... Clearly, this head archaeologist that's been working for him for a while does not know. So, so does this movie make any money? No, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, they weren't expecting it to do great either. They weren't okay. really expecting like twenty to thirty million. Oh, okay. But because this is the first movie in the Dark Universe franchise, oh yes, yeah. it is. So, like, but does does this hurt them? Are they still going to keep going with this? You think? I don't see why not. Mm, okay. I mean, it. It's also one of those things. I think they they just need to really figure out what they're going to end up doing with it. I don't have a problem with them putting out these movies because yeah. people are. I mean, when I went to go see it, the theater was packed. Oh, it was me and three other people. Yeah, I mean, well, you went early in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I, was I went, morning I went to 10. the seven o'clock show Thursday night. Okay, I mean, there were a good 30, 40 people nice. in an IMAX 3D movie. Okay, I saw it in 3D also. There wasn't much. Of there was that. no like no. just like oh really worthless. Uh, we'll do that. Yeah, don't waste your money. But uh, I saw it at the uh, Rosenberg uh, Early Bird 3D. Eight dollars. Ooh, all right, not terrible. Yeah, no, right. I mean, I, at least I didn't get ripped off. True, very so, true. Um, but anyway, oh yeah, what what do you got there, Hyde? Uh, I'm looking. You got the uh, what the box office? Yeah, I'm pulling that up. Okay, but you know, it's uh, it's kind of funny too because uh, there was one thing I didn't I caught when Jekyll and Hyde is fighting Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. and the archaeologist is trying to break into the room again, and the not Van Helsing Van Helsing guy comes in, she hits him over the head with a book. Okay. She, she throws the book at him. She throws the book at him. That is... You, did you pull it up? I just pulled mine. I, I, I got it. You got it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 12 million domestic. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, but it hasn't... Op- worldwide... Worldwide is 150. So wow. I, they've already made their money Those back. foreigners love the mummy. I, yeah, they've, yeah already, they've already made their money back. Well, they love Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And, that's, and Russell Crowe. I mean, yeah, those are... True. But, so there you go. I mean, it, it made his money. So, so she throws go. the book at him. Mm-hmm. The book is from the Brendan Fraser mummy. Oh, God. It's oh, the, is it really? It's, it's the Book of the Dead. That's amazing. That's funny. Just give more people to not like this movie. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> they want the Brendan Fraser one. So. You know what's funny to me, though, is that a lot of people are like, I can't believe they're remaking the Brendan Fraser movie. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's yeah, not well, the original right either. The, yeah. Like, that's, it's a universal classic monster. Like, it's from the 40s. Yeah. Um, but anyway. 
All right, um, let's get in the meat. So yeah, so that's so that's the money. That's the mummy. That's that's uh, the money. The uh, mummy. Not the money. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna shift gears a little bit and we're gonna talk about um, the state of DC movies pre Christopher Nolan and how maybe that he might have like changed the game for them a little bit. So, um, what was the first DC comics movie you all remember seeing? Because mine is Batman Returns. First ever? Ever. Batman 66. Batman 66? Okay. As a kid? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I need to see which one of these came Speaking out Speaking of which. Oh, yes. Yes. Speaking of which, unfortunately, um, I think uh, yesterday, well, Sunday, Sunday. Saturday, Saturday. Uh, Adam West passed away, which is uh, really unfortunate. 88, um, died yeah. of leukemia. Yeah. That really that really stinks, man. You know, it's, it's kind of weird because you don't, I didn't realize it, but, you know, Seth MacFarlane's going to have kind of a tough time now, too. Because mm-hmm. those are, he just lost two major supporting characters for Family Guy yeah. and American Dad. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's, that's really tough. You know, he was a lot of people's introduction to Batman. Batman, yep. Um, he's a very different Batman than we have now. Um, but, you know, that's that's how Batman started out. So The pop the pop art. And, mm-hmm. and some days you can't just get rid of a bomb, you know? You can't get rid of you a really, bomb. You really can't get rid of a bomb, Ron. I don't think you've he never. You've never yeah, seen it. Of course, he hasn't. Ron, say say what now? You've never you've never seen uh, any Batman sixty six. No. There's a classic scene where he's he's got a bomb like a like a comic book yeah, like over like a, like a huge a, like bomb. a huge yeah. yeah and he's running with it okay and cool. he's trying to get it's a, get rid it's of a it three minute gag it's in a, the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 like for real like three minutes and he's walking around trying to get rid of this thing he and runs he, into like a group of nuns, nuns and baby ducks and he's just like. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Uh, they made a hero clicks about it. It's I'm called sure Bomb Batman. It's that's, pretty great. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so that, that really sucks. Yeah, you know, at this point, too, I've kind of, I talked to Speedy about it Saturday night. I told her, you know, next time we want to see a celebrity at a show. You do it. We're going to do it. Because this is twice already now. Who was the other one? Carrie Fisher. Oh, right. Carrie Fisher, we were supposed to see her in Dallas. Um and we just ended up not. And I actually, if I remember correctly, she actually ended up canceling on that show too anyway. So that was okay. really not on us. But we wanted to see Adam West back in February. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it sucks, man. Yep. Yeah. You need to watch the Batman 66 movie. At the very uh, least. You don't, you don't need to watch the TV series. Well, I mean, you should. You should. You should. But the movie, the <laughs> movie is Blu-ray. great. Uh, thanks, <clears throat> The My favorite part of the movie is uh, uh, Penguin's in it. And he, uh, I love Penguin. But he, he rents a building under a pseudonym that no one would ever guess is Penguin. It's P. N. Gwyn. No, no, that's for the submarine. It's for the submarine. It's for the submarine. Because they get a nuclear submarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rents. He rents something under the name P. N. Gwyn. No one figures it out. It's like, oh, that's Penguin. <laughs> I what? What did? I, no, my favorite part is when he's trying to figure out all the villains that are working together. Oh yes. And it's like the shark was pulling my leg, <laughs> the Joker, and the Penguin because it's a shark. And pulling, it was pulling my leg, so that's a riddle. It's the Riddler. <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> oh, it's so it's so good. But oh, see, but oh it, the campiness. But it, but it knew what it was though. Oh, for sure. It was campy. Except for Adam West. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you know, that's, it was that's all about bit. it. Yeah, he was he was deathly serious serious about, about that he was a serious Batman. Oh, I'm sure right. he was. It's great. Um, but anyway, no, the first one I saw was um, Batman Returns, and I loved that movie when I was younger, and I still enjoy it. 
Um, but you know, it's well because well, how can you go wrong with penguins with rocket launchers? I, I mean, you're right. What about what about you, Ron? Uh, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Uh, Wait, okay, so I get I get and Robin and Forever confused. Which is the one with George Clooney? Which is the one with Val Kilmer? George Clooney is. And are you sure about this? George Clooney is Batman and Robin. Okay, and then Batman Forever came out, and that was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, because that one's the one with Two Face and Riddler. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Teach me how to punch a guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. They're you just know, they're just so bad. You know the thing is is I can I can watch Batman Forever. Yeah, Val Kilmer is forever. I can't watch Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. That was the one with Alicia Silverstone and yeah. Chris O'Donnell. That's, I like oh. I like I like that. One. Is that that's one? George Clooney had the yeah. nipples on the bat suit. Yeah. 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 yeah well, right. Val Kilmer did too. Well, well, they, yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's so funny. Like those movies are bad. They're yeah. not good. Right. Even even Batman Returns, which I think a lot of people have really fond memories of. If you go back and watch it, it is it's pretty. It's not, that, it, it's, it's not good. It's not as good as Batman. No, well, no, but yeah, the first the, Batman uh, movie is really good. Yeah, I want the Rotten Tomatoes on this. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. But the thing, the problem with Rotten Tomatoes for older movies like that is that I don't know. It's a different time. It's a different time. I'm gonna start in order. All right. Batman Returns. Well, bat- that's not the first one. Is just called Batman. I'm not doing that. Okay. I don't have that one. Though. I'm okay, sorry. I don't fine. have it. Up. That's fine. Batman Returns is at eighty percent. What's the average score? I'm not. I'm not clicking. Okay. On. It's just. I. It's just. Okay. I, oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Uh, where is bro? Batman I, Forever. I, th- I thought you. Yeah, had I thought this you ready. were prepped. I got yes. it. Batman Forever. Forty percent. Mm-hmm. Batman and Robin. Eleven percent. Eleven. That's about right. Ooh. So Worse than the mummy. There you go. Wow. Yeah. That's. Huh. <laughs> I mean. So I remember really liking Batman uh, Forever. Uh, Batman, no, but I didn't like Batman Forever. I liked Batman Returns. It had Danny DeVito playing the Penguin, and he, I thought it was I thought it was kind of scary as a kid. Well, yeah, I mean, because he's real gross. He's yeah, like, oh, he's, no, he's, he's, he's yeah, he's more, super weird. I mean, they Penguin now is more crime lord. Yeah, like he's still kind of a little grotesque. Right, but a little bit, but not the, like as much. He doesn't have the penguin flippers for hands. No, he's a little short and stocky, but right, he's not. Eating fish no. straight up raw. No, no, no. right. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was just gross. Penguin walking around in like a onesie. Yeah, it's all stained <laughs> and nasty. Yeah. It's, Kim it's, Kardashian takes up the style twenty years later. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton is really good. I mean, it's not it's not really good, but it's no, you know it's it's really good. <laughs> it's 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 solid. I I mean, Jack Nicholson's Joker is just so different, you know? Well, because his is more comic accurate. Yeah, his is more, you know, the... Like, here's the chattering teeth out of my pocket kind of thing. Right, right. He's It, it was definitely more comic booky than the Jokers we have now. Um, I, that's that's kind of to be debated, too. I mean, at this point. I, we haven't seen enough of Jared Leto's Joker well, either to really define whether or not if he's going to be more comic accurate or not. He's got a lot of comic accuracies to him, at least in terms of... Being more of the gangster type, which is more of the New 52 style, between mm-hmm. the way he looks, minus the tattoos. But even at that, if you put the tattoos, that's more of an all-star Batman and Robin look. Yeah. I mean, it, it pulls from a yeah. bunch so, of different... Yeah, so, I mean, it really just depends on as an overall how he ends up going to look mm-hmm. um, and act throughout the rest of the franchise. Um, uh, what's When's he going to show up again? Right now, the rumor is, is that he'll appear in Batman. In 2019. So whenever that comes out. In 2019. Um, Because right now it sounds like they just gave it treatment where they're going to kind of do more like a Dread-esque style with it. Okay. Um, Where Batman's trapped in one building 
and he's going to have multiple villains to fight, and each villain's going to be a different kind of challenge to him. Deathstroke, obviously, will probably still be in it. Um, going okay. into his physical So it's challenge. the raid? Almost, yeah. Batman the raid? It's, it's going to be Batman the raid, because... Right I'm, now I'm okay sound, with that. It sounds like the top villain is Black Mask. Okay. I mean, that's cool. I mean, that, that, that sounds... I don't. I don't see it actually coming out like that. Sounds more like an animated movie. Yeah. But I, I'd be cool. I'd, I'd like to see yeah, that. I don't see why not. They wouldn't do it if they really wanted to. I mean, put him in. Ar- I know. Put him in Arkham Asylum. Whatever. That's fine. If you really wanted to do that. Right. Or you put him in Roman Sionis's steel mill. Right. Just do different parts of Gotham. But apparently, some of the Joker stuff they planning are doing was supposed to be flashback stuff. Mm. But okay. going on to that, you know, funny thing is. The next two movies that are going in production after Justice League ends out aren't what we think. Wonder Woman two and three. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They should be, yeah, but no they're kidding. not. Yeah. But it's Justice League Dark. Again with this, the yeah. live action. Yeah. Okay, we'll it's, see. And Batgirl. Those are the two that they push to the forefront. Okay. And the reason I'm do- thinking they're doing Batgirls because hey, Josh Whedon's helping out on Justice League. Let's go ahead and push out his movie now. Okay. Well, fun fact is they completely changed how they're going to do Justice League Dark now. It's not going to be run by Constantine. Okay. It's going to be run by Zatanna. <laughs> All right. You see a theme here? <sighs> All right. Why not? <laughs> I mean, then. she's on the team. So. She is on the team. She doesn't lead yeah. the team, but... Whatever. Hey. I mean, why not? But, um, so, Ron, <laughs> going back to uh, the, the older DC movies, when you saw Batman Forever, mm-hmm. how you, you saw it like in theaters or... I don't think I did. I probably saw it a year after it came out in theaters, but it came out in 95. Which is so. the one that had the big uh, Taco Bell promotion? Was that and Robin? Or? I don't know. Who I thought know? Returns had that. I don't know. Returns I rem- had, no, Returns had Burger King. Taco Bell was Batman and Robin. Yeah, because that's the, that's the one I remember seeing in theaters and getting really hyped for. It okay. was and Robin. Okay. Because I just me- I remember the Taco Bell promotion because there was like the you peel off the thing on the cup and you get like you know different characters and if for you, sure yeah, yeah. I remember Alfred was the, the like if you got an Alfred you win a million dollars or something like that I remember but I, hey I don't remember any of that yeah no uh, that's crazy well I'm I'm older than you so like I remember that promotion so it was uh, oh god it was just so bad <laughs> but um what about did did you did you ever like did that foster a love of Batman for you when you no, were younger? Like not at all. you you not just saw it. In, I was like, oh, they're cool, they're cool movies. Just a movie you saw. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, it didn't like spark in you. I love Batman. Right? No, not okay. at all. Okay. What about you, Hyde? With Batman sixty six, did that oh. sort of? I mean, look at where I'm at now. <laughs> right. I know. Well, I mean, Ron's a big comic book fan too, but I mean, I'm well, not now. Not, I am. I, movies, I don't know. It's weird. They didn't necessarily spark an interest right. in Ron. You know, it's weird. I was just like, oh, cool. It's a. I mean, because I was. I was all about Power Rangers back then. Right. That time. So another action movie with this guy right. dressed in black, whatever. I, like I, I saw all those movies, and it, but I never then got really into the Batman mythology. I never like, oh, right. let me go pick yeah. up all these Batman comics. I didn't start reading Batman until uh, New Fifty Two. Yeah, a couple, couple years ago. No, yeah. I, I was reading it as it came out, New Fifty Two. So five years ago. Yeah. Five, uh, years I mean, ago. aside from random stories here and yeah. there, like I, you know, I had the Killing Joke, and I had uh, Long Halloween. Yeah, or yeah, like Long that, Halloween. So. Um, what was the one that Kevin Smith wrote? wrote? The Widening Geyer? I read that yeah, one, too. Cacophony. Yeah, yeah, those. I, I read those, uh, and then New 52 all the way through, um, and then it stopped. But um, but the thing is, is on top of that, too, with the first Batman movie, you can't 
probably one of the best soundtracks for oh, a superhero well, yeah, movie. It's, it's Prince. Yeah. Prince did the soundtrack for the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, you uh, can't go wrong. I mean, no, <laughs> it, it's great. Uh, it, everybody loves Bat Dance, but the whole thing is the whole thing's good. Yeah. So it's a really good soundtrack. Um, it is a very eighties movie. You know, it's it's um it's a it's an eighties gritty action movie. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Um, it's really enjoyable. It. It's obviously not as good as, you know, the Nolan ones. Right, of course. But, you know, that's also you you can't you cannot hold superhero movies to that Nolan standard because I don't it, think you can hold anything to a certain standard from probably about 2008 when the first Iron well, Man movie and that's I think that's Batman Begins also. Right. Um anything before that it has to be held on its own separate. Correct. Level. I think like pre-Iron Man and Batman Begins has to be its own category. Of the pre-Renaissance superhero, yeah. right. I, 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 we'll call that PR. Yeah. With that, it's like a man, yeah. Because anything pre those movies is just on its own scale. Yeah, it's just they're totally different they're, movies. No, oh, they, they really are. With X Men has been going on longer than those, though. Yes. So, but, but those are also. Even a, that, I mean, even those X Men movies feel different too. Though. Yeah, you yeah. have to hold those. Like that X Men one standard. movie feels super like because dated. I mean. Right now, it's kind of weird when you come in terms of the X-Men movies. They started off really well, took a major dip, mm-hmm. kept dipping, kind of went back up, and then and Apocalypse then came out and went back down. Yeah. But now they took another major step with Logan coming out. So it's yeah. kind of, it's a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to that. But, you know, it's, the one thing that I also remember going into early DC films was um, Brandon Routh's Superman Returns. Ugh. With Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Funny fact, I've never seen any of those Superman movies. Wait, any of which ones? Any of, any of the pre, pre-Man of Steel. Really? Yeah. So you've never seen Christopher Reeve Superman movies? No. I mean, is that, does, I mean, Hyde's glaring around right now, but does that really yeah, surprise no. you? At least the first Well, No, I've never seen I've never seen any of I, I, you you chose to watch Green Lantern for this podcast. I, did, I didn't, o- though. Over I told you I was. I didn't. I went home and went to sleep. I passed out. You uh, you you made the right call. Yeah, you made the right well, call. In, in the end, if there I've were three seen, options, but I've seen the movie before. Shout out so. Ian. Shout out Ian. You made the right call. But you know, I remember my mom was really excited for Superman Returns. Oh, really? Because it was billed not as a reboot, but a sequel. Okay. To the Christopher Reeve Superman. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, and that's just so weird. Even even as a kid, I knew that movie was bad. <laughs> well, you know. It just... Like, Lex Luthor, all he wants to do is build beachfront property. Ooh. And Superman is just like, nope, you can't do this. <laughs> that's <laughs> not a thing, though. Like, no, that's... No, that's in the movie. That's in the movie. <laughs> what, is, what is this movie? And, and Lois has had a kid oh, that Superman doesn't know I've blocked about. all this out. I've seen it once. I don't own it on DVD or Blu-ray. I the only reason I own it is it cause it comes in the collector pack for Superman. <laughs> can I get can I get the version without it? I'll pay more. <laughs> I'll pay an extra ten dollars to not have this movie included. But so oh, in the at the so end of the last Christopher Reeve Superman movie, Superman leaves Earth. Okay. So this one he's coming back, doesn't know Lois had a kid that is his kid. Obviously. So pretty much the entire movie is Brandon Routh Superman, and I mean people complain about Henry Cavill being too broody and depressing. Yeah, Brandon Routh Superman's pretty depressing. Yeah, he just well you he, know. he's more of a character in the movie than uh, 
Cavill was in Man of Steel. Man of Steel, I mean, Superman didn't have a lot of lines and dialogue. Uh, Brandon Routh did in Superman Returns, and he was just awful. You saw more Clark Kent in Superman Returns. Yes. That's something I can I can say for sure. I don't... He wasn't a better Superman, just because he had more lines. Oh, no, no, I'm not Kent. saying he's a better Superman. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying he's he, he had more opportunity to be Superman. Yeah, but it was just one of those things that, like... And he failed. For, like... <laughs> There's there's a good like if you cut it it's maybe about ten minutes he's just floating outside of Lois's house watching his kid oh oh cool just watching <laughs> and, and then that police song plays right oh, yeah 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 oh, but it's man. just <sighs> it's it's re- I'm I'm amazed you haven't seen it it's it's I don't is it worse than Green Lantern or is it just as bad as Green Lantern Green Lantern's pretty bad <laughs> shout out Ian. I, I come I, back to me on that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I really don't know. I've only I seen it once. I don't know. Do I watch Superman: Return of the Deadbeat Dad? <laughs> yeah. Or do I watch Green Crap Turn? Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, visually, I could probably enjoy Green Crap Turn. Yeah, a lot better. True. Yeah. I guess, man. I don't know. And I, that's I, even pushing. So I, you know what? I, you it's know been what? a while since I watched that movie, too. I, I can. You know what? No. I'm, I'm going to sure go with Green CG's, Lantern. I'm sure okay. CG's bad. Mainly because it is. I like all of the Kilowog stuff and when he's getting trained and being So a when he was. Okay. When he's you. not on Earth and I like Mark Strong as Sinestro. Okay. I think that doesn't save you, the movie. If you had me. to watch one of the two five times in a row, which one would you watch? The gun sitting next to my nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to watch one every night this week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you had to come home and w- put this DVD in, which one are you going to put in? The gun sitting on my nightstand. <laughs> nope. you got to pick, pick one. Um, I, I'd, I'd pick Green Lantern. I'd probably which, pick. Which, which, has probably a, which one has a shorter oh. running time? Yeah. yeah that's, which, that, which one? That's, that's the real yeah, question. Have to it through. Oh, God. Um, Green Lantern but, feels shorter. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sure it does. Green Lantern feels shorter. But you know, and going into Green Lantern, that's kind of funny because that was supposed to be their their official kickoff. Yeah, it was supposed to be for yeah. their DC universe, and then you know <laughs> that happened. Jeff Johns messed it up. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> it's it's so weird that they didn't have. Uh, why make the whole suit CG? Like, why? What's the point? <laughs> you know I how can, how much cheaper is that? Because it's not. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I don't know. For some apparent reason, I don't remember the suit looking that bad. Or at least the mask. The like, mask. Give me a yeah, real mask. Like, give me the real mask. <laughs> CG they, they mask. They CG the mask. But you know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember. It's completely unnecessary. I know. I don't know if you remember. Amanda Waller's in the movie. In what movie? A? In Green Lantern. No. no. Where was she? Where was she at? She. <laughs> where she at? I, oh man, I don't even remember. I'm gonna say Samuel Stern, but that's the leader, and that's not right. Okay. I can't. I can't think of the character's name, but uh, it's the other human villain that's not the giant floating diarrhea cloud. Wow. No, I got Galactus. Yeah, exactly. No. She no, shows up at his laboratory, and she he almost kills her. It's really quick. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. I forgot she was in that movie. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> Are there any highlights for you of the pre-Renaissance Pre? DC uh, movies? Because for me, for the, on the Marvel side, it would be so the Spider-Man movie. Movie. No, no, because no. No, no, uh, on the Marvel side, it's the Spider Spider-Man two, right? I mean, I mean Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man one and two. I mean, I, I I say this, I enjoyed Batman and Robin. I, I mean, when I watched it as a young child. Yeah, but have you watched it as an as an adult? Yes, as a semi-adult it's, it's man. Pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah. 
Semi-adult ladies. Semi-adult ladies. At least we clarified yeah. that. <laughs> I'm glad you know, somebody caught it. it. It's also kind of one of those things that... I don't know. There's There was a lot of stuff at the time, too. You know, you had George Miller's Justice League Mortal film, too, that was supposed to come out in 2009. Yeah. Um, which they ended up scrapping a day before production started on that. Oh. You know, that would have been cool to see and would have been a nice, like, hurrah for me. Been like, yeah, you had your Avengers. That's cool. I had my Justice League two years before you. <laughs> yeah, but would it have been any good, though? It, probably Miller. not. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, it's I don't George know. It's George Miller. It probably would have been bad. I The cast was kind of weird. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick Cage Superman? No, it no. had... I kind of wish they would have made that movie. I know, that would have been amazing. That would have been a good one. They will. The give them time. <laughs> they will. Give them yeah. time. That, yeah, when, bye bye Henry Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's that's the reveal right. for Donald Justice. When he oh, comes the, back, the he's gonna be Nicolas Cage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they open up that black casket and like, <gasps> it's Nicolas Cage now. But he has a Ghost Rider skull on. So right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so good. But um, I enjoyed that first Ghost Rider movie, by the way. I don't remember it. I don't. Okay. I don't. The second I, one's horrible. I've blocked yes. that out. The second one's. Crap! I think I've I think I've seen the first eh. one. I don't remember. The first one's. Eh. I know I haven't seen the second one, but I think I've seen the first one. The first one uh, at the end of the movie, he fights in that graveyard. Uh, no, I haven't the, seen it. Okay. So as an overall, um, I know we touched base on just very little of the DC films pre Nolan, but how do you think going forward has that affected most of the new stuff now? Well, I think DC. Um, to to their own fault at times was trying to be comic accurate, which was good. I feel like um, all the Batman movies really attempted it. That whether they were or not, you know, For they sure. had they had a lot of comic accuracy in them, um, which we don't see as much of today in either of the company's movies. I mean, you you get the references and you get all right. the stuff, but it's not like that's a comic book movie. Speaking of which, too, going into a future movie, and I talked to Ron about this yesterday. The only thing I'm gonna I'm gonna be really upset if I don't get this in this Aquaman movie. Oh right. There's a scene and it's out. It's straight out of New Fifty Two. Okay. And so it's kind of like the ice cream scene with Diana. Drunk Arthur Curry is sitting in a seafood restaurant having a conversation with a lobster in the lobster <laughs> tank. They need to do that. Get on. I that. just <laughs> want to see Jason Momoa talk to a lobster, get angry when the waiter takes him out, and be like, "I was having a conversation." That yeah, they need. He needs is to he going to talk to fish in the movies? I don't know. I want him to talk to fish, <laughs> but I mean, I feel like that's not cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, Batman calls him out on it. Here, you can talk to fish. <laughs> What's up, Artie? <laughs> he needs to have that that scene. That'll be. That's all I want. The I, best. I mean, yeah, they need to have it. I mean, I, I agree, but I mean. Will it, it happen? No. Well, it depends if Snyder's still involved. Well, he is. He's still involved in all the films, at least production house-wise. But it's not cool to talk to Fish. But it's a. Uh, but he can make it. You cool. know, with Jeff Johns being at the helm of this stuff too, I can see that scene easily making yeah, it in there. It could. It very well could. Um, but what do you think, Hyde, um, about the uh, influence of the of the pre-Renaissance movies? You know, when it comes to. Now, especially in the old movies, I think most of the Batman stuff has been forgotten at this point. Yeah, I don't think they play too much off of Tim Burton's Batman's. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Tim Burton's Batman, <laughs> um, because he's more. 
it's a more even Nolan stuff. He was a more aggressive Batman, right? Right. Um, yeah, like just comparing the two, he's the Nolan is yeah. super darker. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to Superman, I think in terms of Man of Steel and a little bit in BVS, just a little bit, you see more of a resemblance towards the Christopher Reeve. It makes sense. I think that's yeah. where they're taking the journeys to be like, look, this is early. And then once he kind of has a restored faith, gotcha. you'll start seeing more of a Christopher Reeve Superman, a lighter Superman. Right. Something that your mom and pop would know. Right. I mean, that's what they, they said they're going to make him lighter. So. so it's just kind of one of those things. I. <sighs> <laughs> it's just one of those things. Go it's ahead. It's just one of those things. But it's kind of tough because... Going outside of those two main characters, you don't have yeah, you don't have anything a tentpole I mean, to relate that, it to until they make that Green Lantern movie, I, and then they I bring mean, back Ryan Reynolds. Did you see that new movie where he's the the Hitman's bodyguard? I, I, I want to for see that, one. that it's movie. That's Deadpool two, right? It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's Deadpool, Deadpool and, and Nick Fury. Fury. It's gonna be amazing. It's a rated R Nick Fury Deadpool team up movie. It's gonna be amazing. Deadpool team up rated R. Just I mean, that's it, what it is. That's what it feels like. So, I just saw a trailer also, uh, recently. Also, it's at good. the same time, at this point, do you see Ryan Reynolds as anything other but the Deadpool? Deadpool? No, no, because it's like seeing Hugh Jackman. Oh, Hugh Jackman's in Les Mis. Where's his? Where's the Wolverine at? X twenty three gonna come out. <laughs> like, do you ever see that movie Prisoners? Who am I? <laughs> you ever see that movie uh, Prisoners that he was in with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. It's like it's like a gritty, dark movie. It's like why didn't he just like pop the claws out and kill that guy? <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, come in and talk to Ron about uh, about all these uh, DC movies that he hasn't watched. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, well, the, Mo- well the all about Superman, all these movies the Ron Superman hasn't watched. Ones. Okay, I've so only, I've seen every other Batman one. If he had to watch one Superman, should it be one or should it be three or two or one? One. I'd always start with the first one. Yeah, because I, it's so you don't need to see all of them. No, and you know the funniest part about it was one of the, the biggest scenes I remember is the first time it's Superman and Clark Kent in the same single shot. Right. And so he's dropping off Lois off of, at her balcony of her apartment. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I'm supposed to see Clark Kent in a few minutes. I ha-. And Superman's like, well, I have to go. And he zooms <laughs> off. And then she walks and he's already knocking on the door. And that's, that's pretty the, good. That's one of the All greatest right. things that's, out of the first yeah, ones yeah. that I, that's I remember a, the most. That's a comic right. book thing. Yeah, for sure. I'll see that. For sure. Um, well, um, we hate to cut the segment a little short, but, uh, you know, we've got this interview that we're, that's about to come up right after this. Um, and, but we want to tell you a little bit about Rockstars really quick. Um, just to shift gears, um, we're, we're, we're uh, going to have an interview in about a couple of minutes with, uh, Joe Harris and Megan Hutchison, uh, the writer and, uh, artist behind, uh, Image Comics Rockstars, which, um, if you haven't read it, like I said at the beginning of the show, um, the trade comes out today. Uh, well, Wednesday, whatever the, the date is for Wednesday. Monster yeah. truck rally. Yeah, what? Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Um, and you know, like most image non Hickman image, uh, they are nine ninety nine for volume one. Proper, yeah. Proper image. Hey, his East of West is uh, ten bucks. So begrudgingly, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he's like grumble, grumble, ten dollars. <laughs> and um, good old Hickman. Hi, can you do you want to tell me a little bit about rock stars? So. I, you know, you kind of ran past the yeah. basis at the beginning of the episode. Um, to me, Rockstars kind of feels like heavy metal Sandman. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a cool... I think yeah. it's the best yeah. way classic, to describe it. Yeah, it's a classic rock Sandman. I think actually the next volume is going to be more heavy metal Sandman. Yeah, yeah. 
but it it is a it takes place in the seventies. It's a murder mystery. Well, half seventies, half, half today, half you know. today, yeah. Um, but it it focuses with mysticism and the music industry mm-hmm. as well during that time. Um, it's a very interesting read. I like the aspect of the mysticism that was brought mm-hmm. into it through the music and all that. And, and that comes from like uh, obviously. Well, when you, if you just look at the 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 band uh, Blue Rider, it's, yeah. it's it's Led Zeppelin. Oh, I mean, yeah. they mentioned Led Zeppelin as existing, but like everyone in this band looks like Led Zeppelin. Like <laughs> you're telling me that's not Robert Plant and Jimmy Page? I mean, I know you're calling him uh, Jimmy James, but that's, that's yeah, Jimmy that's, Page. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and, and it's just really interesting because they take a lot of the elements of Jimmy Page, who was really into mysticism, yep. and he bought Aleister Crowley, a famous Satanist, uh, Satanist's uh, old uh, house in England, and lived there, and then. Uh, no, actually, that might have been Ozzy. I don't remember. I think the, that was Ozzy. Ozzy yeah. bought Crown. Yeah, all Ozzy did. Whatever. They all, they all those old rock stars were into like black magic right, and all for this sure. stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they were really into it, but that's like the thing. Some people think they're really into it. Some people thought it was a, pl- a publicity thing. Right. Like Alan uh, Moore. Yeah. Like or Alan both. Moore. Yeah, or both. But it's just um, it, it touches on that. There's a murder mystery. Um, uh, it, there's someone's killing groupies. Yep. And mm. you gotta. You know, it, it's kind of funny because when this when this book came out and I kind of heard the premise of it, I was like, you know, I remember r- vaguely reading something like this before, and it was in Hackslash. Okay, I've never read it. So Hackslash, for those of you that don't know, it's um, about a girl. She goes around and kills Hackslash. Actually, yeah, because she's a victim of a Hackslash attack. Okay, um, and so she comes across this one concert, which is pretty much an Elvis concert. Yeah, but not Elvis. Not Elvis, where groupies go missing. Oh, okay. The groupies have been sacrificed to a Cthulhu-like beast through Elvis. Sweet. <laughs> I, um, speaking of Cthulhu, um, I'm gonna. <laughs> well, uh, there's there's the driver of the of the uh, the limo. Um, he's always got a mask on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And his words are in a different color box, and it's always like they're vaguely Cthulhu Cthulhu-y type words, like okay. you know, flo-flog, you know, just like right. goofy things. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, what's under that mask? Has it got tentacles under there? He's like, what's going on? Probably. I want to know. But um, it's a it's a really interesting book. Um, and if it's it's very inside music. It's oh got, yeah. It's got lots of references um, to lots of various classic rock things. Uh, the art is fantastic. Uh, the colors are great. I, I, I think it, the colors really what plays the mysticism a yeah, lot. The colors the really help the book. Um, it's 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 really a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of skeptical going into it. Just, you know, there's so much image stuff that comes out. It's, it's almost to an extent you can't read every new series. That yeah. It's out. hard. It's hard to choose those, man. Uh, and I, I missed, I missed out on this one. Yeah. Well, um, trade, trade, well, obviously, you get the trade yeah. today. Uh, it, and it's an easy read. It's not, it's not like, it's not impossible. Like you can read it in, you can probably read the, the first trade, which is the first five issues in an hour, hour, hour and a half. Yeah. That sounds about right. It's pretty easy. It's not I like. I mean, if you're really looking into it too, because there's so much stuff with the art itself. Oh, sure. Yeah. Going into the background and seeing. Right. All the cool little posters that they threw in there. Yes. It's just, there's so much stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to see. They really engross you in the world. For mm-hmm. sure. That's um, always good. And so that's, I'm really excited I, I was really excited to go back and reread it again. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, make sure, actually coming up right now, uh, make sure you listen in to um, our interview with uh, Joe Harris and Mega Hutch- Megan Hutchison. 
and uh, not Mega Hutchison. That's like what she's turned Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, and then come in and pick up the trade and come in and talk to us about it and uh, come in and talk to us about your favorite uh, heavy metal bands and classic rock bands because we always like talking music too. We don't just like comics and movies. We like music no, we too. We like everything. We like everything. So uh, come in and talk to us about it and come in and let's uh, let's do all that stuff. But um, anyway, um, here's the interview. Hello, everyone. We would like to welcome to the Uncanny Universe podcast the creative team behind the new comic, Rockstars, Joe Harris and Megan Hutchison. Joe and Megan, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, awesome. Uh, we're, we're, we're really stoked to have you here because uh, Rockstars has sort of blown up in our company. Um, it started in a Superman <laughs> store, and everyone there became obsessed with it, and it sort of spread like a virus to all the other stores, and now everyone... Is sort of all into it. It's it has all the tattoos on them and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been getting the social media posts. It's uh, that's cool. Yeah, and (laughs) yeah, it's it's really cool. And um, I think I think at the Sugarland store they commissioned the uh, they had the temporary tattoos made and were giving them out with all the trade purchases that come out today. Actually, that's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to get one. But uh, yeah, right. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure we save some for you. But um, the first thing I wanted to ask, how did you guys come to work together? How did that come to be? Uh, Megan, you, you, you tell them. It's a very uh, romantic <laughs> story about two people who meet in a bar. Ooh. I love these. We things. were actually, we have a lot of friends in common. And um, we did actually meet in a bar at Emerald City Comic Con. Through these mutual friends. So originally a friend of mine was and Joe were going to work on this and he got um, whisked off to another project. And so he introduced me to Joe. Okay. And we, you know, we briefly talked about it, but then as fate would have it, um, we were on the same flight back to Los Angeles. So I basically like cornered him in the airport <laughs> and I was like, tell me about this comic book. And he's like, and, okay, um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what? who is this weird goth girl and why is she sitting in front of me on the floor? No, I, I ha- honestly though, I had a, I had a really good feeling about Megan after we talked um, that day. She was cool. I thought she was smart. Um, I'd seen her work, and I knew she was talented. And I thought that we would have similarities that would be a lot of fun to use together. And we also have contrasts. And I and I thought that would be really useful as well. And she brings an edge to this that um, I had not otherwise envisioned. And I think um, you know, in any collaboration, that's the best part you know when someone gives back to you that which you didn't realize should be there and speaking of megan's art it really it really does bring a different another level to the story uh i feel like um i know um all the work you've done in vesna is really cool like i've i've gotten to take a look at that and it's it's really neat and it just it's just oh thank you oh yeah no you're welcome um i was actually going to ask is there going to be any more of that or is that sort of on hold no, there is. Um, awesome. We're working on the script for book two right now, actually. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, and it, it gets crazier and crazier as well. I, I I can't even imagine, but I'm sure it does. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Because the first book was pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets... Uh, I actually had to tell the writer to dial it back a little bit, which is saying a lot for me. That, that sounds fantastic. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> You know, it, Megan. Before we started the interview, we actually we talked a little bit, and you said you worked in the film industry. What it, exactly were you doing at that point in time? I so I started out my career as a production designer and art director. Oh, cool! And um, 
I did a lot of indie movies, um, you know, moved into commercials, worked in TV a bit. Cool. Um, but kind of got burned out. Um, and then when I got my first book picked up to be published, that's like kind of when I decided to make the transition to comic books. Because what's so cool about comic books is like I'm still production designing. Yeah. Um, but now I don't have a budget or a studio to deal with. <laughs> yeah, you don't have all the uh, executives. And that actually leads me to, yeah. to my next question that I was going to ask the both of you. What is it like working for Image um, as opposed to – I know um, Joe's worked with IDW. Um, so uh, what's it like uh, working for Image? Well, I mean, they have, I, I mean, as a company, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're pretty much the hottest publisher in comics. Um, they, from the founding of the company through this new uh, era that we've been in for however long now, it's, I've always been a fan of, uh, of what they put out. And it was always a mission for me when I, when I, um, when I got back into comics uh, after taking this brief hiatus at one point, a few years back, uh, and you know, I, with a focus on creator-owned stuff, Image was where I very much wanted to be. Other publishers as well, but you know, it's that's right. where the cachet is. Oh, and and um, so, in terms of working there, it's 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 at, all at once. It's flattering and humbling because um, there's so much great product that they're putting out, and so many talented people in this business that um, there's no shortage of stuff for somebody with a limited budget to buy. You know, like it's it's just what a what what a cutthroat industry this is. Just in, on merits, you know. I mean, stuff is great. The roster at the company is spectacular. Uh, I have friends there that I think they're wonderful people. Um, and just the difference is is really uh, just related to why you go to Image in the first place. I mean, it's creator owned, and they have the best atmosphere to get it done. Um, they're always uh, you know drawbacks if I get if if you know Megan or I are hired to do page rate work somewhere, be it at Marvel or DC or at IDW, um, there's a lot less responsibility on our part. At Image, we have to do everything ourselves, more or less. They give you some support, and those and those folks there work really hard in publicity or you know drafting press releases and right. doing convention support and sales and such. But a lot of the stuff editorially that you t kind of take for granted when you work for hire in this business, you have to do yourself. I mean, I lose, I sometimes I lose a week just dealing with files, you know, like oh, just, really? wow. just making sure everything's where it's got to be. And, um, cause no one's responsible for it, but you, I mean, I believe that that's, that that's uh, we actually kind of talked on that, on about that, uh, on one of our early episodes about, uh, image is that, uh, you know, we, we, and this store, we definitely refer to image as being part of the big three, you know, as it's like, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, in terms of reach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th there's every week there's something new going on, but um, right. image is just so on top of their game right now. And there's always, there's, there's so much that well, I wait for a trade on a good chunk of it because <laughs> I, I, do you read a lot? Do y'all read a lot of comics as they're coming out or what's your reading? I'm not reading work? as much as I should. I'll be honest with you. That's why I'm going to peruse your store while I'm there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, here. I, <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm not reading enough. I mean, I have a stack of things that I have not gotten through yet and many other things I want to pick up that I haven't been able to. So yeah. um, we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how it is, I think, for a lot of people who are uh, fans of the industry, as I'm sure well as, uh, as in the industry, is that your re to-read stack becomes way larger than your red stack, you know? Uh, I know I think a, yes. a bunch of us have that yeah. problem. But um, what I was going to uh, go uh, ask you next was um, – 
What kind of response have you been receiving to Rockstars? Have you been getting a lot of uh, feedback on it from fans or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, uh, we, we get some pretty passionate letters from people that are rock fans of various stripes. I get told of rock and roll conspiracies I never heard of. And sometimes, sometimes I have to fake my way through a response just right. because <laughs> I don't want to sound like I was completely oblivious to what is so um, important to the person who wrote to me. But um, uh, yeah, no, no it, it's been good. It's been warm. I mean, it's a uh, it's it, it's a book of a certain size, you know, and its audience is a, a boutique audience, I guess, to to describe it. And it's like we're just, we're trying to grow something here, you know. With, with the trade coming out, it's it's priced at nine ninety nine. I love that. Um, <laughs> we've got we've got issue six coming out uh, on its heels in August, right? And it's and that introduces a new story arc. Um, we're going to deal with a uh, a new subgenre of rock and roll. It's going to be essentially take cues from eighties metal. It's subject matter is what we're going to delve into in arc two. Um, and uh, the response has been really good. You know, I'm really flattered when people tell me they like what Megan draws. Yeah, no. I'll tell you that me much. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Megan, what, what sort of, um, what is your art process? How do you, uh, do you do a lot of digital? Do you do a lot of physical? Uh, what, what's your process? Um, on this book, I'm pretty much all digital, uh, just for speed. I, I, so, like, I like to see um, that. I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of digital art too. So, um, yeah. And honestly, there's so many good brushes out now that you can really kind of make something th with texture. You know, like when I was first starting out, it wasn't, I wasn't using the advantages of having like a digital medium. But then I also do things where like I'll scan, I'll do watercolor washes, like ink washes, and I'll scan those. Okay. And I'll lay them over. So I do a little bit of analog. I would like to do analog. It's my favorite, but, but the, it takes but, twice so, as long. Yeah, time consuming, right? I can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to imagine it is pretty pretty difficult. You know, kind of going into the book more or less, um, reading it, I have to ask the question: Will we ever get a Sky Dog backstory <laughs> in it? Uh, you, you know what? I very much, I haven't told even Megan this yet, but I would very much <laughs> to do an issue that's virtually all silent. For, from Sky Dog's point of view, awesome, kind of like that uh, Hawkeye one. I that that was one. A little bit like issues. Pizza Dog, yes. or yeah, loved that. I, I would love to see that, and uh, I love the uh, Almond Brothers reference with that too. That's yeah, great. very much. <laughs> so, we, we we lost Brother Greg last week. It was very I know, sad. I know that was that was really that was a really a tough one. You know, it, there's just been so many tough rock and roll deaths lately. You know. Oh, we're in the killing fields now. I mean, it's not going to get any better, right? I oh, mean, it's, no. it's 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 all even even food. the guys that even the guys and the men and women who live to a ripe old age. It's like, like we we got to prepare for you know getting to crash positions now because yeah. it's going to be bad. We're going to lose. I mean, in the next ten years, I, I'm going to make this all too depressing. But I'm <laughs> suffice to say, in the ne the next ten years are not going to be very kind to our heroes. I fear. Oh no! You're absolutely right, but I mean, it's up for Keith Richards. Yeah, Keith, right. Keith, Keith Richards will be alive. <laughs> Look, man, snor snorting your father's ashes will only go so far. <laughs> Eventually, the fact years. that he doesn't eat and doesn't do much else is going to is going to catch up with him. So, but I mean, I, I will say this: Mick Jagger. I, I think he's what seventy two. Yeah, his parents right. both lived into their mid nineties. Hey, you know. <laughs> That, that that's all we can hope so for. he you know he brings something to the table in terms of this uh you know maybe we won't lose mick jagger imminently right which would be great yeah no, <laughs> yeah no kidding maybe get another stones record 
I mean, just in general, I don't want I don't want Paul McCartney to die. You know, oh, no. <laughs> is there some way to you know? Can't we uh, form, anyway, a, form a circle see. around Paul McCartney? I'm right. You know, like in the Middle Ages, when uh, like they protected the Vatican during the Dark Ages exactly. from the plague, they would light like these big fires to like keep <laughs> yeah, just, to keep the evil away and just keep the remaining <laughs> Beatles alive. I know. By one means or another, right? Yeah, Maybe just right. Di- just digitize them. Heads in the jar, future almost style. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so the book <laughs> heavily plays on the whole rock and roll mysteries and conspiracy theories and all the little trends like that. Is there one for both of y'all that you have your favorite mystery or conspiracy theory based in the lore? Or maybe that you actually believe in. Or believe in, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, there are... I mean, there are realities behind Whoa. lots of different stories. I mean, I, I love little anecdotal stories and, and, you know, myths and urban legends in general about any number of subjects I like. So anything like, uh, you, you know, the reality behind the day the music died, obviously when right. Buddy Holly and Ricky Valance and the Big Bopper died in that plane crash as immortalized by Don McLean in American Pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... In reality, Waylon Jennings did give up his seat on the plane so that Buddy Holly could fly ahead, and he took the bus with the band. Even before you get into, you know, before you speculate on fictitiously where that could go, or even if you were given to believe some crazy conspiracy theory, that's fascinating to me. You know, just in and of itself, on its face, that Waylon Jennings, who went on to be a country music legend, gave up his seat so that the first guy on his way on his way to being the king of rock and roll could 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 sit there and essentially plummet to his death in an iowa cornfield like so little stories like that just fascinate me objectively and then in terms of the urban legends i i think my favorite has just got to be the paul mccartney death hoax just because it's so rich and it is so it almost in its at its core it's like to the extent that the beatles egged that on I, I don't think they had anything to do with the beginning of it, but I definitely think they had everything to do with prolonging it and fucking I'm screwing with people. Um, yeah. um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I know what you mean. Like they, they, they must have been pretty bored or just had idle or they, genius time on their hands. They to, saw the PR opportunity and ran with it, you know? Oh my, you know, I just bought the, the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And the first thing I did with it is hold a knife up to the, up to the logo, and you, when you bisect the logo lengthwise and the reflection, it says "One He Die," That's right. which I'm sure is completely. I'm sure that one is completely. Well, maybe not, but I, I, mean, I've I always know. assumed that that's just that's just coincidental. An but accident. I still had to go do that because that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Just as a as a as a, as, 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 as a as a parcel of communications, as 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 a piece of something art information that you're conveying it's so dense and there are so many layers and 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 you want to know more about every nook and cranny on the thing and i know where all the all the little hints and clues are what george harrison's finger is doing on the back cover as it points to the to to, to the to, to to the song for to, to she's leaving home lyrics that talks about the time and place where paul mccartney's car a death in a car accident supposedly occurred that uh paul mccartney's back is turned on the back and that um, there's there there's a man's open palm above his uh, head where they're standing on the front cover. All of that stuff adds to what I think is the greatest urban legend in rock and roll that yeah, the Beatles faked Paul McCartney's death and continued on without him, which makes no sense at all because <laughs> yeah, no. it was after when he died when they wrote like all their best music anyway. I mean, my God, this ringer is brilliant, but 
<laughs> um, who, who is this Paul? But nevertheless, Paul it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 for sure. I agree with you. Like when I was younger, I was always obsessed with that uh, that white Bic lighter thing until I found out that that was bogus. That, <laughs> I always loved that one. I don't know if, yeah, that one's a, that one's a nuts one. But uh, So yeah. Megan, looking at your artwork, you know, a lot of the times the best way we could always explain this book when people really want to know what it's about without spoiling anything is we sit there and we tell them it's Sandman meets classic rock. Right. Were there any influences on your art in terms of the Sandman or just in general from other things? Um, I don't, I don't know like if directly I did. I mean, Sandman was like one of the first comic books I read when I was younger, you know, that actually kind of like lit a fire. Yeah in me that I wanted to do this. So I'm sure there's, you know, that, but also it's just like my personal aesthetic, Okay. I guess. Sure. But you know, I, you know, as an artist, you kind of just influence from everywhere. And then it also boils down to the fact that sometimes you just draw a certain way. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Like I didn't go to art school. I mean, I went to film school. Yeah, yeah. I've drawn my whole life, but I have like no formal training. So it's like, Oh, this that's is crazy. what it's going to look like. Well, that, that's great. I mean, that's I mean, because that's that's one of the big selling points are the covers of these books and the interior art is that's what gets people to pick it up. You know, they see that art and like, oh, wow. And then oh, yeah. Stick around. You know, it's funny. Fun. I mean, as you I don't think I ever realized it before, but or, or put it into words. But I do see a lot of Mike. Dring uh, how do you pronounce his names? Uh, Mike. Mike Dringenberg's work in Megan. Yeah, I think it just yeah. fits aesthetically. I think there's something there. Well, I mean, oh, thanks. I mean, oh. Megan, go is it one of the anchors and original artists on Sandman? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Megan, even just kind of going through your website here, um, looking at all the illustrations and little art pieces you have up here. I mean, it's it's clear to see that you have a different style for each thing that you draw and everything else. It's just really amazing to see yeah. how all the different colors blend and the different styles that you have here are. Yeah. No, we love it. We're big fans. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. I oh, appreciate uh, that. Of course. Um, but, um, I'll ask you, um, a fun one. So I know at the back of all these, uh, issues, you've got the playlists, you know, oh, also mm -hmm. I'll give you a shout out for bringing back a letters column. That's awesome. Yeah, I love seeing exactly. a letters column. I love those. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I love the playlist too, but I'm curious, are that, is that what you're listening to when you're, uh, creating or is that sort of what you recommend to listen to while you're reading? I, I feel like, but by, by the time I'm putting the playlist together, I'm in like, uh, so, uh um, I'm almost pairing wine for you. That's that's the way I look okay, at it. It's not, I when I, I I write I write mostly in silence unless uh, New York City is uh, right. being overly New York City at me that day and, and the noise needs to be drowned out with something. I so, um I, I I find it hard to write with music playing. Not it's not impossible. Sometimes I might. Maybe I'll put on a soundtrack or okay. Um, it just depends. Maybe I want to, maybe I want to, you know, wash my brain out a second for a little bit, take a break and listen to something. Maybe that it's useful there, but I don't really, um, I don't have a soundtrack playing when I'm putting this together creatively. It's more like I'm almost this, the, uh, the, 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 I'm, I'm losing the word now. The sommelier. I'm, I'm pairing your, uh, your, I'm, I'm pairing your, uh, yeah, your reds with your, with your you. red meat and your, and your okay. whites with your fish. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I understand that. That uh, that makes sense. Um, I was gonna also ask um, how, since you talked about the, the writing process and everything, how long does would you say it takes you on average to get the issue done? You know, from, oh, from too damn long to, on my end. But 
you know? Uh, just... from Oh, wow. You know, it's funny. It's hard to, we, we should really log it because yeah. I can't tell you that because I feel like we're always like getting some work done here and then some work done there and we're juggling things, but I don't know. It takes me like a concerted effort, maybe a couple of weeks to write a rock stars issue, okay. you know, and then, and then I can't really speak for Megan, but I know sometimes Megan cranks it out and sometimes there are, you know, it's hard to weeks. quantify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it also depends on like, cause you know, for, we're starting kind of like a new, um, storyline. Yeah. And so it's like, we had to do a lot of like R and D. Sure. So, because like there's like a new char- there's a couple new characters, but there was like a lot of research that went into it, and you know on my end I have to do a lot of character design and stuff like that. So that definitely like holds it up. But then because I had like a definite deadline of when I had to get it done because of you know personal stuff, sure. so I I managed to draw the entire thing in you know it's 22 pages. I managed to draw it in about three and a half weeks. Oh wow, <laughs> that's intense. So. Yeah. Oh my god! It was a lot of energy drinks, a lot of energy drinks, and a lot of um, horror podcasts got me through that. So okay, I'm a big fan of horror podcasts too. So ooh, we should compare notes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, You know, kind of going outside the realm of image and rock stars here. A lot of creators always we always get the question: What is what's a comic series you've always wanted to work on, or something a character you've always thought you had a really great idea and you really want to push it towards Marvel or DC yeah. or another company haven't, like and haven't gotten to do it yet. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, honestly, if I can think about in term, like what would really make, what would really excite me if I got to write something for money for, for, for one of the major publishers, <laughs> I think the most, I think I honestly, at this point, star Wars, Oh, oh man! Well, they, yeah, Marvel's been killing it with all that stuff. So I mean, that's what I mean. It's like it's it's such a high level. Too. It's inspiring, and uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I. I it's funny, just at, you know, if, if all things being equal, I don't know if I love anything proprietary to the major publishers more than I love the Star Wars universe. Okay, awesome. I mean, they got so many spinoffs coming down the pipeline at this point I know with it. Star Wars comics. I, yeah, I'd be you su- could get in there. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's so many Star Wars titles, you know, solicited. I mean, Michael's a big fan of IG-88 here do, for some reason. I do love I, mean, I love IG-88. Who doesn't love IG-88? Why wouldn't you be? Right in IG-88. Why? Because he doesn't acknowledge the greatness, his superior robot intellect. The fear that would that would strike in the heart of you if that was chasing you. I don't I understand. When I was a kid, that's all I had to think about. And and you know he was also the bonus character, the the, 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 right. the action figure and such. Right. So, and I always thought his little oh, shadows of the Empire was really hard too. His his uh, boss fight in that game <laughs> was really a pain. <laughs> you can fight him in the that's where a lot of people know him from, isn't yeah, it? In that game, in yeah. But Megan, what about you? Is there anything that you would have? like to kind of jump in on and get your art style in or anything like that? Um, I will, I've been thinking about that and, um, someone asked me that on a panel and the first thing that fell out of my mouth was Swamp Thing. That and now would, it's like totally oh, grown on me. I would and now love, it's like, that's like all I want to do. Artwork on Swamp Thing. Or <laughs> even just Justice League Dark, if that's if that you go right. that far. Sure. I would love to see your art on a well, supernatural it's, book. It's like kind of reminiscent of like yeah. the old Alan Moore run. You oh know? yeah. Like, for sure i actually just started rereading um because i have all the books and i started rereading i was like i better back up this statement (laughs) but i mean 
it, the story is amazing, but also like I love the setting and yeah, I love yeah. monsters and I love trees. So it's like it's the best of all those things right in yeah. one place. <laughs> yeah. How often do you get that? Um, huh? I said, yeah, I know. Yeah, how often but do you get that? But then you know, I I would have to you know like outdo Alan Moore, which right. is you know no small feat. No, <laughs> yeah, not 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 really. <laughs> um, but um, can you guys give us any? This is kind of a impromptu here but can you give us any sort of uh album recommendation something that's not in rock stars that you haven't mentioned yet that's not on the on the playlist can you give me one album that i need to go listen to uh do you want me to narrow that down a little bit in, ter- in terms of uh of era or yeah let's let's do it rock, rock stars era so you know classic dad rock classic dad rock okay all right um i would recommend you check out Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's Four Way Street. It's one of the greatest live albums ever recorded. You are 100% correct. I, I would agree I with love that, that album. Too. Uh, what about you, Megan? What, what, uh, what, what, do you, what do you like? Um, I don't listen to a lot of classic rock. Okay. I listen to the stuff. I mean, like, Joe sends me stuff, too, and obviously I know, like, a lot of... Of course. Um, you know, the classics. Um, it's just because I never grew up with it, so okay. it's just... Um, what are your tastes? But I... I, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. She's a country um, star. Yeah, spoiler so, alert, loves country. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be amazing? Um, no, I <laughs> I have very like eclectic taste, you know, okay, and I okay. actually, I love, like, metal music. Like, okay. I grew up on 80s metal. All right. But can I recommend, like, um, a current artist? Yeah, that go ahead. Please. Has so I've been like listening to him on repeat. Um, King Dude. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I have, I have not, not heard, heard like, of King Dude. It's like satanic folk music. Excellent. I want to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> the best way I can put it. King Dude. And it's kind of sexy. It's got a little bit of that like Nick Cavey. You, uh, know, you know what? Like I, I've, sexy I feel energy. Like, I feel like I've heard this described to me before. It sounds familiar. I don't remember the name King Dude, but uh, I just satanic folk. I mean, you got me. It's yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. There's, so um, yeah, that's funny. I, I love there. There's this satanic ska band from the '90s called Mephiscopheles. That they're, that's they're low like, hanging fruit no, almost. No, that's good. I know yeah. they're terrible, but so based on the strength of the name, you have to buy the album. I mean, yes, it's, it's, absolutely. It's but um, oh, that's so you know. There's a lot of things going on right now, especially music has since guardians of the galaxy has really started driving movies and movie trailers everyone's got to have the next best soundtrack would there be anything that you would have liked to have on the original guardian soundtrack mm. yeah because th- those soundtracks are just so they're there i love but see that's yeah. the thing it's like i have that on my spotify oh, no, i love it volume one and volume two yeah i i, I really dig okay. those soundtracks it's, it's tough to make an addition i feel like yeah because, I mean, obviously... It's like Depeche Mode? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> that go. That might be right? a terrible Just, idea. Or King Dude. Yeah. Right? Just, I don't know. I, I always think the answer for where you go next is metal. So, um... Correct. <laughs> I mean... If that's where... I mean, why not? You know what? I mean, because it's what comes after rock, at least in my... Growing up and my... Just in real time, you know, that's what... That's just what was happening when I was a kid, and like I, I don't know. I, I think metal's always the turn you should make. That's just what I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna use that in and out of proper context from now on. Good call. I mean, with Stallone yeah. ending up 
probably in the third one too. Who knows? Oh, that's right. I mean, heavy metal and oh. space Rambo. That's that's. I mean, that's what more do you need? I love all those words. Right, that, all those <laughs> words are good words. <laughs> yeah. But um, just to, to end it up here on uh, on metal here, um, you said that the next volume is going to feature on the '80s like power metal. I'm assuming because it's called what Number of the Beast or Children of the Children Beast. of the Beast. I'm sorry, Children of the Beast. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse um, me. Not no, no, yeah, no, well, it, takes, it takes its cues from a lot of different subgenres, I would say. And you can look at the playlist we'll, we'll drop before that to see that it's not all, uh, you know, early 80s British metal bands that are going to okay. be on there. It's not all, but, but you know, Iron Maiden is, is one of my favorite bands, just objectively. Awesome. And um, uh, growing up with stuff like that. And it's so it'll, it'll touch on that culture a little bit. It touches on... The script I'm working on right now gets into a little bit of LA's metal culture and just its history okay. um, from through everything, especially the glam of the '90s. Not that we're going to dwell there, but like it was these are these are these are different things that pop up along the timeline. Well, and that, uh, that glam metal is some of my absolute favorite. That just garbage. You know, <laughs> you're going to make Megan get off the phone if we yeah. keep talking in this direction. I but I know people hate it so much. I like drawing it. It's got all the colors and the big hair and stuff, you know. But yeah, no, I come from like, you know, death metal and black metal. Like Sweet. we made fun of the glam rockers. Oh, yeah. Well, I, where I grew like up, a turf though, war. <laughs> it is utterly ridiculous. I, where I grew up, that was what rock and roll was, sadly, for better or worse. Like this was the popular music, you know, like White Snake and Def Leppard and black and this is what kids listened to. And it was and I was uh, anachronistic for loving Led Zeppelin and loving you know, being the almost famous kid 15 years later. <laughs> right. You know, like, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I but, you. but, uh, I like that stuff too. Like I love, I, I like dirty. I, I think it's sexy and fun and silly and just, it is, it was what it was in a lot of ways, you know, those bands. So sure. I, for me, it all fits alongside one another because once upon a time, uh, Def Leppard and Iron Maiden were very much in the same category. Oh, and uh, uh, that's, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean that that's great, and um, I'm really we are all looking forward to oh, yeah. um, issue six and volume two starting, um, and hope it continues on, you know, as Past long as it can. Too. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things. That's I think the only thing I can say that really gets me antsy about Image is they take these. There's always these long hiatuses for you it. guys, but it's good because you guys get a little bit of a break in between there. But I'm always itching for that next issue. I know it. It's a fascinating thing, this culture we have, isn't that it? It's like you expect it, and I, I know how it is, you know, and, and of course, right, you, it's a periodical, it comes out more or less every 30 days, that's what we grow up with, and and and, and obviously I know that you guys know why there are gaps sometimes, oh, too, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, no, one, no one wants to solicit a book and then have to, uh, you know, you don't make shipping, and or, you know, you don't really call in fill-in artists when you own the thing and you're producing it for the people that buy it for you, so... It's uh, yeah, man. It's it's like I, I both love it and it's and it's uh, it's grueling and it's fun and it's maddening and uh, I don't know. We keep doing it right, juggling multiple things at once and right. It's, I mean, <laughs> you, you, it, it'll kill us all young, but <laughs> keep doing it until you can't. Right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Joe and Megan, thank you all so much. Thank you both, anyway. I should yeah, say. Thank for, you so much for for coming on the show, and um, we cannot wait to have y'all in our in our stores uh, on uh, August nineteenth uh, at three different locations. We'll cover that at the end of the show. Um, and the trade comes out today. If you're listening to the today. if you're listening to the episode, the day it comes out comes out today. Uh, spoiler: We recorded it on Monday because because I'm going out of town. 
Um, <laughs> I'm holding the book in my hands as we speak, though, and it's—I I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's I'm, gorgeous. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying it. So, um, no, uh, th- thank you all so much for coming on. Um, is there anything you guys would like to plug? Uh, uh, I'm finishing up a uh, an X Files arc this summer. That awesome. is my take on how Mulder and Scully function in the age of Trump. Oh. Fantastic! <laughs> that sounds that I'm, I very intriguing. I need to read that. <laughs> that sounds. Yeah, I, that I, sounds I got great. something for you. Okay, yeah. I I can't wait to read that. That sounds great. <laughs> When's that coming up? Uh, it actually well, the arc just started uh, in issue fourteen that came oh, out a couple okay. of weeks okay. ago, okay. and uh, yeah, so it runs. It's called um, it's it, oh crap, what's the name of this title? What's oh, oh X Files Resistance? Okay. okay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I know. Uh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Excellent. Um, Megan, was there anything you wanted to plug? Um, well, yeah. Earlier you mentioned Vesna, um, which you can buy off my website. Um, current, it is getting picked up by a publisher, oh, but that's awesome. we haven't made the announcement yet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Congratulations. But if you want to check it out, it's um, you just go to my website, blackm-art, and you can order it there. And then, um, yeah, doing Rockstars, what else? Trying to do art stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to cram out as much art as I can. You want to plug in your favorite whiskey? (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, for like a sponsorship? (laughs) I would totally do that. (laughs) Actually, I love Bullet Bourbon. If anyone out there there, has a a hookup. I'm a big fan of whiskey, so I will (laughs) have to go check that out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's... Oh, Bullet Bullet's good. I like the rye more, but I like Bullet's good. I like making old fashions out of the rye, but the bourbon I drink straight, and it has kept me uh, company many a late night while I'm drawing. Getting that so. finished. There you go. Art fuel. Right. Well. So um, yeah. So yeah. Well, thank you all so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. All right, and we'll see we you in the store. Appreciate being in here. About two months, we'll see you yeah. in the stores. Two months. For today, is it? No, no, no yeah, way. Yeah. It's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, who knows? But thank y'all. Thank you. All right, take care, guys. All right. There you have it. That was the very first Uncanny Universe podcast interview. Thank you so much again to Joe Harris and Megan Hutchison, the creators of Rockstars. We really appreciate y'all coming on. And we would like to officially announce, although you kind of heard it in the interview, uh, we have a signing with both of them coming up at three locations of uh, of ours. Hi, do you want to go ahead and tell us about that? Yeah, so on uh, August 19th, it's going to be at the 1960 location from 11 to 1, the Washington location from 2 to 4, and the Sugarland location from 5 to 7. Awesome. And I would also like to announce a partnership um, with Cactus Music. If you haven't been there, I'm sure you have. Cactus I mean, is like, great. I is, went there a... for my first time. Oh, yeah. Recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you won because the David I Bowie won thing. the David Bowie thing. That's yeah, right. That's cool. very cool. cool. Um, if you haven't been to Cactus, what are you doing with your life? It's a Houston institution. Um, it's been here since as long as I've been in Houston. And it's a really cool independent record store. They sell records, CDs, tapes, all the, you know, whatever. All the stuff. Can I get my eight tracks? Uh, they I used like to. They, they used I think, to I have, they, they I have one the last time I was there. Yeah, I think they have a small set. They might have like tracks. a bucket. Like, you can just <laughs> dig through. Like, so you and the one other guy that want eight tracks can look through it. Um, but anyway, um, we're, do- we're running a promotion with them, which is really cool. So if you come to us and you know at the end of the Rockstar um issues each of the issues except for the first one there's a playlist in the back um and this is like you know you can listen to stairway to heaven by led zeppelin while you're listening to this or you know whatever a bunch of songs 
And so if we're going to give you a coupon when you buy um, the trade um, to go to Cactus and get 20% off any of the artists featured in that uh, playlist. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Uh, Cactus is already fairly priced anyway. For sure. So it's not like, you know, not like buying a DVD. Also, that playlist is on Spotify. Yeah, the playlists are all on yeah, Spotify. If you look up uh, Joe Harris, he has a... Yeah, yeah. He, he was mentioning that too. Yeah, on the they're podcast, they're so. great. Um, it's you know classic dad rock. It's everything you want. Um, and some there's some there's some some subtle um, you know B sides in there that are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, if you come in and pick up the trade, aside from that, you will also get a temporary tattoo uh, of the rock stars uh, symbol that is throughout the book. Um, and there's another thing where if you go to Cactus and buy stuff there, you can get a coupon to get a discount at Bedrock. So see what you Cross do. Promotion. What you do is you go to Cactus, get the coupon, come back, buy Rockstars, get the coupon, go back to Cactus <laughs> and buy some. And, and buy. that and that's how you save the most money. Yes, exactly. That's it. That's Uncanny Universe saving you money today. One oh one. Yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so much for downloading us. As always, however you consume us, be it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, the Universe. I don't care. Whatever. However you listen to the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. Later, guys. This is Ron. This is Hyde. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time.